before, uh, before you'll hear the sermon today, we're going to have four readers today. Well, there's going to be more than four, but so we're going to go four gospel narratives share the story that we're going to talk about Palm Sunday. And you see the title there. Notice the details. Everybody say that. Because all this week, those videos you're going to see are going to share details that you may have missed reading the story. So I'm going to notice the details. Today we're going to have four readings, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So the first reading is going to be from Mike and Kathy Wilson. Mark's going to be from Andrea Anderson. The Essex family got Luke. And then John, well, you'll see what John, it's going to be coming from Mary from Panama, is going to read us John. So you'll see her video when John comes up. But Mike and Kathy is going to read Matthew for us. This is from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her a colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. Mark 11, 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying the colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to do, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. 
Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went to Bethany with the twelve. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord has need of it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise the Lord, praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who, who came comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you. He replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Look how the whole world has gone after him. May God bless the 
reading of his word. And may God bless each member and each person that is listening to this. I wish you all very much. I love you. Now the young people, the children can be dismissed to junior church. Thank you for listening to the four narratives in the Gospels. Well, Holy Week begins. Who's heard of Holy Week that that term, Holy Week. Have you heard that growing up? Holy Week, some say Passion Week. Um, so this is the start of that week in Jesus' life and the ministry where he was led to the cross. Now we have heard, how many gospel narratives did we just hear? Four of them. Four gospel narratives of the life and ministry of Jesus, this particular story, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, if you read all of them, they all present Jesus' life maybe a little differently. Am I getting some feedback on this? Does it sound weird or no? Or just to me? Okay. Does it sound better now? I moved it back a little. But the four gospel narratives, you read them all. Are they all going to say the same thing? Probably not, right? Are they all the same? You just heard four readings. Are they all the same? No. Do all of them share the same stories? Yes. Do all of them have every detail of every experience? No. Can we trust these accounts? I believe so. You have four gospel narratives, four writers. They don't have every detail. Each one is different, but we can trust them. You've heard four of them today. Now what do we do with these narratives? What do they tell us? Here's what they tell us if you read through them all. Jesus, the Word, who was with God and is God, has existed from the beginning. Jesus is eternal. Jesus took on flesh, lived among us humans. Jesus is God and human at the same time. What a mystery. He was born a humble baby. We learned about that in December, and lived a life of humility. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Jesus called people to follow Him. Come follow me, He said. To be taught by Him, these disciples were taught by Jesus, the greatest teacher of all, and they learned from Him how to live. Jesus taught them how to live. Jesus, you'll agree with this, I hope, Jesus was a miracle worker. Yes, Was he a miracle worker? Jesus, the very name meaning the Lord saves. He will save his people from their sins. We learned that today. We are all sinners. But Jesus saves his people from their sins. I encourage you, read your Bible. Read the four narratives, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It may take you a while, but do it. Learn the life of Jesus Learn what he taught. Learn how he lived. He was human. You agree with that? Was he human? Did he eat food? So he obviously got hungry. Did he get tired? 
Oh, yes. Did he get weary from burdens he had to carry? Yes. If you read one of the stories, it says power came out of him to heal somebody. You imagine how that felt? He probably was like, I need to go lay down. I'm tired. I'm weary. The four Gospels give us the life and ministry of Jesus, and we come to this week. Holy Week begins. Pray with me as we start this week. God, thank you for the Gospel narratives. Yes, they are different but they share the life of Jesus and we can trust these accounts. As we begin Holy Week, as Jesus entered Jerusalem, help us to notice the details. Help us to trust in You today. A God who is a detailed-oriented God. No details go unnoticed. So help us to notice them today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you study and you read, like I do, I read the four gospel narratives. I also read other books. So I'm reading a current book called Crime Scene Jerusalem. I've quoted him before. The writer writes about a CSI agent who gets transported back in time and is led to find out what exactly happened to Jesus. So he's getting details. But listen to how the writer, he's transported back, the CSI agent. He is in the house of Annas, the high priest. And Jesus was brought to Annas, but he's, the CSI agent is questioning Annas, like, what happened that day? Here's what he said. I wanted to question him. He was to be tried by the court, but it takes time to gather the members. We kept Jesus here until the council was ready. And you questioned him? About what? About his crimes, of course. His crimes against the law and against the temple. He paced. You'd understand if you had seen it. Riding into the city on a donkey. People, hundreds of people, waving palm branches and stripping off their cloaks and throwing them on the ground before him as he rode. On the ground? He paused and his face reddened. I would not have been surprised if he popped a vein right there. His mouth grew tight. His fist clenched. Do you know what the people shouted as he rode along? Do you? No, I wasn't there. Maybe you could tell me. Hosanna. Of all things, Hosanna. Oh, not one, not just his close disciples, all of them. Pilgrims from all over the land come to Jerusalem for Passover, and they lined the road and shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. He spat on the ground, the spittle landing inches from Yahshua's feet. Yahshua was the guide. Yahshua didn't move. I don't understand, I said. What's wrong with saying Hosanna? For a moment I thought he would spit again, this time in my face. Are you so ignorant? Do they not have schools where you come from? Yahshua explained, Hosanna means, oh save, or just save us. At least one of you knows something, Annas said. The crowd, mostly Galileans, I am told, were singing the Hallel to that commoner, the carpenter from Nazareth. Save us, son of David. They called him king, a know-nothing carpenter. They call a king. It's blasphemy to Heshem, that's God, and traitorous to Rome. 
We have a king, and it isn't the one called Jesus. That's the writer's account. Going back and talking to Annas, the high priest, who's remembering this event. That was powerful to me to read it in a book. A little different. Going back. This may be a familiar story. Raise your hand if it's a familiar story to you. It's familiar. If you've been around church for quite some years, like I have, we have heard it read and maybe explained every year. Year after year. The same time, right around this time. Year after year. We come to familiar stories, and what do we do with familiar stories? We tend to listen more carefully, or do we easily get distracted and just simply read through it? You come to a familiar story in the Bible... Are you one to really sit down and say, I know this story, but I'm going to read it more carefully now? Or do you just say, oh, I know it, I'm done? Be honest, which one do you do with a familiar story? Do you carefully read it, or do you get distracted and say, I'm going to go to something I don't read very often? This story is one of those stories. There's four readings that we read today. I personally heard it, I would say, probably all my life, every year. I've heard it every year. I've read it every year, from a young boy to now 36 years old. Every year I know it. Even though this story is since familiar, what's my title today? Notice the details. I noticed details that I missed there are details that we ignore because it's familiar. We don't say, that is a detail. I might need to look at that more closely, study it, respond to it, encourage other people with it. That's what I'm going to do today, I hope. With the Holy Spirit's leading, I think there's details that people miss. Let's look at them together. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Mark chapter 11 first, and then one verse in Mark, and then one verse in Luke. Mark 11.2 and Luke 19.30 have this little phrase in it. You may have heard it today. It says this. I'm going to read from Mark 11 verse 2. And Luke says something similar, but we'll just read Mark. It says, Go into the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. That's a detail, right? Which no one has ever ridden. The colt which no one had ever ridden. This colt was only fit for Jesus. Nobody has ever ridden this colt before, but it's fit for Jesus. He says, go into the town. There's going to be a colt tied there. And if somebody tells you otherwise, just say the Lord needs it. The colt no one has ever ridden. And if you've ever read children's stories, okay, I have a little one, right? Beatrice. And we have a book on our shelves. Has anyone read this one before? The donkey that no one could ride. Nobody's ever heard of it? Ben Russell has heard of it. This book, it's a fictionalized story, yes. But what's the detail in the Bible? The colt, which no one has ever ridden. So if you want to read this, 
You can take it and read it. It's a good read. Because there's a cult that no one's ever written. The cult and the story is like, I'm not good for anything. But it's fit for Jesus. Now, Jesus did not come riding on a horse, which most kings would come in. Probably what a warrior king would come riding on. But he came on a colt. A little colt. What humility was shown at that moment. He's riding on a colt. One writer said his feet were probably dragging on the ground because the colt was so small. Zechariah 9.9, which is quoted in a couple of the Gospels, says this, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It was even recorded in Zechariah. Your king's coming on a colt. Jesus on a colt. The Apostle Paul writes this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, listen to this, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Humility. He's riding on this small colt into the city, which no one has ever ridden. The detail. That's a major detail. Nobody has ever ridden this colt before. And probably only Jesus ever ridden that colt. Humility. That's the first detail. The colt which no one has ever ridden. The next detail you'll notice in John chapter 12, if you want to go there. John chapter 12, verse 12. The great crowd that heard Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. That's our next detail. The great crowd. Listen to what it says. John 12, 12. The next day. The great crowd that had come from the fest- for the festival heard that Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem. What did they do? They heard Jesus was on the way. From the Vine's Concise Dictionary of the Bible, and you see what they say, they took palm branches and went out to meet Him shouting, Hosanna! You know what Hosanna means? I love definitions. In the Vines Dictionary of the Bible, this is what Hosanna means. Save, we pray. This word seems to have become an utterance of praise rather than of prayer, though originally probably a cry for help. What are they screaming? Shouting? Hosanna. Save us. We need help. One translate a literal translation could be save us now. Who's riding on this colt? Jesus. And the people heard that he was coming to Jerusalem. They get there and they line the streets and they say, Hosanna, please save us now. This we need help. We need help. Throughout Jesus' life and ministry on this earth, crowds of people followed Him, okay? You read it, 
There's tons of crowds following Jesus. News spread quickly. But we know Jesus. Is he a normal human being? Is he normal? I don't think so. The crowds followed him. Jesus wasn't normal. People recognized that he wasn't normal. He was something other than normal. And they flocked to him. They recognized that. And they were drawn to him. Crowds of people drawing near to this Jesus and saying, Hosanna, save us now. Now, this wasn't a planned ceremony. Did people get together and say, okay, let's plan this ceremony like we do today? We plan things, right? Every detail, we're like, we need this food, we need these tables set up, we need these people to come. This is how many people are going to show up. We need enough food, right? Was this planned? No. They said, they did, probably didn't even get together. They just cut palm branches, got stuff off the ground, wherever they could find stuff. And they ran out to Jesus to meet him coming in on a donkey. This was spontaneous. They said, we're doing this because we need help. Do we ever cry out to God for help spontaneously or unplanned? You don't have to raise your hand. But do we ever say, and it's not planned, we're just crying out to God, please help us now. Do we do that? Or do we plan things and say, oh, uh, Monday I'll do that. I'll cry out for help Monday. I'll cry out for help Wednesday. I don't need help Thursday. Thursday is my good day. But Friday I need more help, so I'll cry out to God. Do we plan those? No. Do we ever cry out to God unplanned, spontaneously for help? If you read through the Psalms, anybody reading through the Bible with us as a church family, and you read the book of Psalms, Now, those are probably not planned. They are crying out to God in any circumstance of their life. And they say, we need help. We can shout, Hosanna to the Son of David. I think we can shout that. Save us, help us now. Here's what Revelation 22.20 says at the very end of your Bibles. He who testifies to these things says... Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Do you ever pray that prayer? I do. Some days at my desk, I'm like, Jesus, just come now, please. We need you. That's our next detail. That's our, the detail. The great crowd heard Jesus was coming and they lined the streets. Hosanna, save us now. Our next detail, it's in John still, so you can stay there. John twelve sixteen, The disciples at first did not understand all this. Did you catch that in the reading? John twelve sixteen. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Wow. Now, reading different writers, listening to different speakers on this verse this week, I think this should give us great comfort. John is the writer here, and he gives us some honesty. He's honest about what they were feeling at that time. We didn't understand this. 
The disciples didn't understand this. When we go to our Bibles, I read it every... Nope, I don't read it every day sometimes. I admitted that last week and I'm not going to lie this week. But if you read it and you get to something you don't understand, when I was younger, I used to be like, ah, I don't understand this. Why can't I understand this? Now do you, what do you think I do? Now I read it and I'm like, okay, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I need to ask somebody. I need to study some more. I need to think about it. So don't get discouraged if you don't understand something because we've all done it. We've all read the Bible and we don't understand it. The disciples who walked with Jesus, they walked with Jesus. Can you say that to yourself? They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They learned from Jesus. They saw things Jesus did. All the miracles He did. All the healings. And they didn't understand Him riding on this colt and people screaming, Hosanna, save us now. They didn't understand why this was happening at first. So I encourage us all, don't get frustrated. Don't get discouraged if you don't understand at first. Don't read your Bibles and say, oh, this Christian life is too hard, I don't understand it, and just throw your Bible away. Don't do that. It's okay to not understand at first. I've been there. Continue to read. Continue to study. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into truth you didn't even know before. Because the Holy Spirit's there to guide you. So our next, our, that detail, the disciples did not understand at first. Our next detail The whole city was stirred. If you go to Matthew chapter 21, you heard it in the reading. 21 verse 10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Did you catch that detail? The whole city was stirred. And they ask, who is this? This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee, the crowds answered. And then in the other gospel narrative, some of the Pharisees said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus replied, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The whole city was stirred. These leaders, the religious leaders are like, "Uh, Jesus... Tell your disciples to stop. And Jesus, if I had a camera, I was going to go out this door and just show the picture of all these stones right here. Jesus said, if these people stop, uh, you see all these stones right here? They'd be crying out. And then you'd really be amazed, right? If the people stop, the stones are going to shout. The Pharisees said to one another in I think this is in John. See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world, wow, the whole world has gone after Him. These religious leaders, these people in the city are stirred. They are confused. They are like, what is happening? 
Jesus, you came in a cult. What's up with that? People, quit shouting Hosanna. This is not the king. Who is this Jesus? Who are you? Now, who was with us in December here? For our messages on the birth of Christ, the characters of Jesus, right? Now, if you remember, you probably don't, but if you do, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, this is what it says. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed or stirred. And all Jerusalem with him. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior that were born in Bethlehem and King Herod and all Jerusalem were disturbed, were stirred up. A king born? No, 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 no. A king riding on a colt into Jerusalem? That's not the king. They're stirred up. As long as we are living on this earth, listen to this, there will always be opposition to Jesus. There's always going to be opposition to Jesus. I find myself going back to what Jesus taught about the two roads. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be two sides. And the whole city was stirred. Who is this person? That's, our, that's a detail that you probably, I missed till this week. Our next detail, this is our final detail, one that you may have maybe never looked at. I know I haven't looked at it. So it's in Luke. Luke chapter 19. Listen to this. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. He wept. John chapter 19, verse 41 through 44, or Luke, sorry, Luke 19, 41 to 44. As he approached, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone to another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, He wept over it. He wept. Tears were shed for this city as He was approaching it. Jesus shed tears because the people of Jerusalem didn't recognize the time of God's coming to them. I wonder, I wondered at my desk. Wednesday came, okay, and I'm at my desk. I'm studying this. I'm reading stuff. I'm listening to stuff. I'm, I'm like, okay, this detail is here. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. And I wondered at my desk on Wednesday. And I put this question down, these two questions. What would Jesus' response be 
if he approached Ferris Church of Christ, what would he be seeing? Jesus is entering and upon seeing the city of Jerusalem, he's weeping. What would he do if he was approaching Ferris Church of Christ? What would he be seeing? Would he be weeping? Or would he be rejoicing that we're doing what he wants us to do? How would he respond? Just a question we could think about. Peter writes this to the followers of Jesus. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth, where righteousness dwells, make every effort, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with the Lord. Grow. Everybody say that to your neighbor. Grow. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Now, we just finished the James series, right? And remember what our theme was? Our faith determines our actions and attitudes. Are we looking forward to the new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells? And then are we making every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with the Lord? And are we growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Jesus wept over the city. Did you notice that detail before today? Last year, did you read that and say, I need to study that more? Jesus wept over the city? What does that mean? So as we look at the four gospel narratives, you saw these details. And I noticed details more than I used to now. And this week I noticed a couple on my shelf. Not my shelf, but my shelf at home. And you notice things and you're like, sometimes you're shocked. And I was shocked at this. So you... I. You know, I got this on my desk, right? I got this on my shelf. This is a good book. Read it, okay? This was, another, this was another shelf story, the Easter story. It tells you who Jesus is, and then he comes, and he is entering Jerusalem on a donkey. Okay, he rode into Jerusalem. People shouted, Hosanna to our king. Then you get the rest of the story of the week, the Last Supper, and he's dying on a cross, and he's risen from the dead. And then you pick up another book on the shelf. I don't want to bring it out, but I have to. And it's, I'm not saying that it's not a good book. It's still a good book. I was just shocked, okay? Now, this is going to be online, I know, so if I get like put in prison, I'm sorry. <laughs> but... This is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Anybody read this before? The Jesus Storybook Bible? Who's read this before? Okay. So I'm like, I'm curious. How does this person put the writing on a donkey? So I go. 
and I'm looking for it. And I'm reading, oh, Jesus walking on water, healing people, um, how to pray, uh, feeding 5,000, little children come to me. And then, you know, Zacchaeus' story, good, good, good. And then he gets, the writer gets running away, okay, the parables. And then I'm like, where's the cult? It's not in there. The Last Supper's in there, yes. I like that. But ah, I was just, I didn't see the cult in this. I was just shocked. The details of the story sometimes are missed. And I did a project one time in seminary. Sometimes children's books miss the details of the story. Sometimes we don't put it in there. Sometimes we, I think, do a disservice to our kids if we don't have all the details. Now, I'm not knocking the book. It's a good book. But you see the details, the donkey that no one has ever ridden. That's an important detail, only fit for Jesus. You get the crowds saying, let's go out. We didn't plan this, but let's go. Whatever we have, let's put it on the ground so this king, save us now, can come into the city. Then you have the disciples didn't learn at first, didn't understand it. Then you have the whole city was stirred. They're asking, who is this person? Who's Jesus? Then Jesus is weeping over the city of Jerusalem. You may be here today and you're like, I've never heard those details before. But I hope you were encouraged because every detail matters. Even if it's a small detail, it matters. Notice the details. This week, notice the details. You're going to get some videos on Facebook that you're like, I've never heard that character before. But thank you for pointing that character out. Notice the details. If you're here today and you're like, I want to follow Jesus, you're, you might be screaming, Hosanna, Jesus, save me now. Repent of your sins. Be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But don't stop there. Live out your faith. If you're here and you need a church family, we'd love to have you in our family. Join us today if you want to. And if you need prayer for anything, I'm standing up here, come, talk to me. I'll pray with you. God hears your prayers. God knows your needs. God knows your burdens. Go to Him. If you're here and you, I mean, you need anything, whether it's prayer, whether it's I want to follow Jesus, whether it's a Bible, come talk to me, I'll buy one for you. If you need a Bible, come buy one, or I'll give you mine on the shelf. But as we come sing this last song, if there's a need you need, there's people here for you. But there's one that's always going to be there for you. That's Jesus.
the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, rode on a colt. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus. I pray that whatever the need may be, that people would cry out to you for help. Because you do listen, you do answer, you're there for us. God, thank you for this week, holy week, that we can remember the story of Jesus and the life and ministry that led him to the cross. Help us to notice the details and to be encouraged by those details. To be able to live out our faith so that people will say, that person is different. I need to know what's different and to learn why they're living their life like that. Help us to be people that are salt and light to the world. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.